What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Lead Fest Podcast. My name is Daniel. Join with Tommy Wofford. Hey, guys. I'll be your host today. Uh, we got some stuff to talk. We got some stuff to talk about. It's going to be a good day. I'm excited about the content today. I am excited too. We have our uh, hip hydrate in front of us here. And so excited about this. Um, thanks, Danny Rodriguez, for hooking this up. Uh, it's nice having like a little show sponsor, but it's the best water ever. It's got uh, three milligrams of hemp extract in it. So it got a little CBD oil in the water. So you takes care of headaches and body aches. And you know, when you're 40, it yeah. starts coming. I didn't ask him, but it's, it's, there's a little bit of like witchcraft, black magic and how he, how he does it because it's, uh, as far as we know, it's the only one that has uh, hemp at a molecular level, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah. it's pretty incredible. They're the only people in the market to do that. Cause, uh, hips and oil. Yeah, oil and water. Yeah, I remember mix, the old, yeah, and yeah, the, the, somebody puts oil in a water thing in kindergarten, you're just fascinated by it. But this isn't that. This is... Uh, yeah, they break the CBD down to the molecular level, and you shake it a little bit like Daniel's doing, and it mixes it up really good, and then it's it's just water at the, after that. It just tastes like water. Oh, look at that tornado. Look at that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually, if you wouldn't have told me there was CBD in here, uh, I wouldn't have known. I would have just thought my back stopped hurting. But that's yeah. uh, no, no, really good. good. I'm going in for the kill. It's pH neutral. I don't know. It says that on the back of the label. I just read that. <laughs> I know so. what that means. pH is your acidity level, and neutral is like where water is. So it's not like overly acidic or under Well, then acidic. it's good that it's water. Yeah, it's good that it's water. It's great that it's water. <laughs> Some water can have a, uh, a high pH balance, I think. That's what alkaline water is, right? Sure. So uh, Danny Rodriguez, Dan Danny Rodriguez, uh, Danny Ray, uh, is a friend of the program and uh, is one of the co-founders of this company out in L.A., but he was a Clemson football player, played for the Rams, uh, Purple Heart, Bronze Star winner. Oh, I don't know you won't win those. Uh, recipient. <laughs> <laughs> He's a Bronze Star recipient. He wasn't, you know. His story about those medals is, oh, you just got here. Incredible. We'll, yeah. we'll, so he's going to be a guest on the program in uh, a couple of weeks, and so yeah. we're excited about that. Yeah, I know. Good stuff, and um, we're well, going to get into – something uh so we're gonna get to a bigger topic but i yeah. want to start i have i've had some people talk to me you know about uh what we're doing um and because we do so much you mm -hmm. know like if you're watching lead fast you see us do a, ver a variety of things and i love that i absolutely love it we yeah, have we stay busy yeah we we have uh talk about how many like what, what all companies are we, like what, what all are we doing i mean like what are well, we so there's in? so there's lead fast yeah. right just by itself in its core form which is content that we create things that i think about and then we we go film the content and then we put them out uh either on podcast or social but then we take the larger concepts and we create hour-long classes uh so that entrepreneurs can be trained uh for next to no money so it's you know it's a subscription service and uh you can go to leadfast co and sign up and you get an all this you know free curriculum and content uh and then part of lead fast is uh being that missing link for some businesses and so we are uh all things business and so we will have you know mckenzie come in and sit in a meeting and help you square away your marketing you'll help with some of the creative i'll help with strategy drew helps with technology and so if your business is suffering through some sort of lack we can in general step in and fill that lack for you and help you get around those uh, hurdles uh, and, and that's just lead fast. And then we, our production company that, you know, we formed here, uh, is the executive producing, uh, production company for, uh, multiple, uh, 
programs at this point and so uncut experience <clears throat> and then on top of that we are uh as, as we travel a lot in film we are um meeting more and more celebrities and more and more you know artists uh in the music and sports and even politicians and, and yeah. politicians yeah and we're doing some you know sort of outsourcing production for them because that's one of the things that you bring to the table is your creativity and uh skill set and so we're doing that and then we have uh, Three Oaks Farm, which is opening in a few months and just a couple, like 60, 90 days, uh, which is our 145-acre retreat center in uh, Edgeville, South Carolina. So yeah, it's going to be so cool. Um, it'll be an event space, but uh, it'll be a place where you can, as an executive, get away with your whole team uh, in a safe and sanitary environment and be uh, have plenty of distance uh, to be socially distant, yeah. but still be together. Um, and then on top of that, we have the company called CrowdSafe, which, uh, is revolutionary, um, sanitization for all environments. Uh, it will keep your environment COVID free for 90 days with spring one time. Uh, it's pretty <coughs> incredible. So we're doing that. I mean, it's just a lot of things. Yeah. And, uh, on top of that, all of those things are constantly changing. Yeah. And so it's it's like, oh, well, today we've got to focus on, you know, getting an edit out for the uncut experience. And then the next day we may be on the road to Nashville to film a live concert. And yeah. then, you know, who knows? But everything changes every day. Yeah. And that, I love that. I love that about it. It keeps everything fresh. Um, I think everybody here, that's their personality. Like they just they operate like that. But we didn't. We didn't start out like that, obviously. Um, no. And I think that's what people see <laughs> when they look at our Instagram, you know. Uh, I mean, the podcast isn't the same week to week. Right, yeah. I mean, no, we, we're always adding, we're always innovating, we're always like, adding in new things, new concepts, new thoughts, new right. delivery, everything. Yeah. And and that's what, uh, so that's what I had a question sent to me about was, is it okay to change my business model? Uh, and I don't really know what this person does, uh, but they were talking about they've already established their business, mm -hmm. they've launched their business, and you know I think it's because of COVID, but they're having to, to pivot. And I know we've pivoted a lot here, um, yeah. a lot. And, and you know Andrew's coined the term pivot fatigue uh, because we've pivoted a lot, and you know yeah. it's, it's it's draining sometimes. But uh, what's your advice on that? How would you how would you advise somebody about pivoting or, or if they even should pivot their business in a time like this or any time really I, I think the deadliest words that a business can say is that's not how we've always done it mm. um i think that's the same about any organization yep. i think that's the deadliest thing a church can say yeah. is that's we've never done it that way yeah well okay well you if you do the same thing that you that's not it's not true that if you do the same thing you've always done you'll get the results you've always gotten there's a law of diminishing returns. If you do the things you've always done, you'll progressively get less. Yeah. It's a law. Yeah. You'll progressively get less than what you got originally. So it's science. It's it's science, right? And so you, if you want to maintain the status quo of results, have to be willing to the status quo for your execution has to be change. Change has to be the status quo, which just sounds a little, you know. Uh, counterintuitive because status quo means normality and yeah. staying the same, but change should be your status quo from an execution standpoint. If you want to at a minimum maintain status quo mm -hmm. from a harvest standpoint, from a result standpoint, what that means though, is that since you know, you have to change, you should be strategically changing to increase 
the status quo, increase the expected results. So strategy, keyword strategy. Strategy, yeah. yeah. If you've got it, if if you know, if you can just accept, I've got to be always evolving. I've got to be innovating. I've got to be changing, which you do. Yeah. If you can accept that, then it just becomes a question of what's the best change. Right. You know, what's the, it's, it's choosing from, be, it's choosing the best thing out of all the good things. For and you so at the, in that moment. In right? that moment, yeah. whatever fits strategically. So the answer to, should I change my business strategy is always yes. Okay. Um, I like that. It may be incremental, right? Mm-hmm. It may be a tweak. It may be a uh, logo change to update or freshen a look yeah. or brand. It may be branding. It may be complete and total breakdown of the business. There are so many people that would have said, my restaurant will never do like takeout only. What in the world? And now in the COVID era have really like grown a takeout business and are now really contemplating like, you know, instead of opening that second location, maybe I could hire two guys in a van and deliver meals and actually cut back on my overhead, produce the same amount of secondary meals, still have a full dining room. Like there are a ton of restaurants in the U.S. right now going, hmm, Maybe this meal delivery isn't so bad. Yeah. And if I can not rely on third-party vendors for delivery like Grubhub or, you know, DoorDash or any of those guys, which provide a great service because there's no way for them to know if that pivot works without them. But now that they know the pivot works, then it's a matter of changing and saying, all right, well, what's the best thing for me to, what's the best execution of this? Mm-hmm. So it may cost me a million dollars to open up a new restaurant. It might cost me $25,000 to get a new truck and be able to deliver faster without relying on a third party, getting dedicated delivery guys so that my food shows up better, fresher, and I'm in control of the experience. That's a complete pivot. Hashtag pivot. Hashtag pivot always. I I bet there's churches out there too that wish they got into the live stream game. Because I know there was a lot that were anti-live stream, and I've even heard of some that were kind of unwilling to do it they thought well, we're gonna ride this out and it just yeah, they got washed away so and it's and it's not even that it's like how how many churches that were already live streaming are now doing it at such a great excellence yeah. level yeah. because it's their main interaction mm-hmm. right it's their main interaction and now as people start coming back that experience is more meaningful and if they continue to do what they're doing right now then they have the ability to be more meaningful online and have their people there. Yeah. And so their online thing will be more effective yeah. than it ever has been. For sure. Yeah. But because they didn't value it, they didn't strategically uh, approach it. They didn't approach it strategically. <laughs> it was the thing that they had to do versus the thing that they got to do. Right. And I think when you look at things as things that you get to do, it, it does a weird thing because it frames everything in the framework of opportunity. Something you get to do is an opportunity. Something you have to do is an obligation. Yeah. And so people don't strategically approach obligations. They just want to get them over. Check the box. They check the box and move on. But if you look at everything as an opportunity, then change becomes um, something that you have to deploy strategy to because you want to take advantage, make the most of the opportunity. And most churches looked at, or most organizations that were streaming, that 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 wasn't their business model, looked at streaming as an obligation. We have to do it. Um, to stay connected if they're not here. But really now it's like we get to do it because we get to reach a group of people who may not ever be here. Yeah. And that's an opportunity. And that's a, that's a new way to approach it. But framing, I think that's a huge thing. As you start thinking about the person who wrote in, should I pivot my business? Well, the answer is always yes. But I do think that you look at, do I, I, you always have to pivot into opportunity. 
you don't just pivot for the sake of pivoting. You have to oh, yeah, identify yeah. For the sure, largest for sure. opportunity and then pivot first that way. Yeah. You know, and so I think that's the that's the the thing that you have to identify. That's the execution that has to happen before the pre like that pre work, that homework that has to happen before you take the test of pivoting. I said I told him I would get a Tommy answer on that, but I did say <laughs> the one thing I do know is that no matter what, everything changes. You can count on it. Everything changes. Always and forever. And uh, I mean, I don't know if any like even farming. You know, like we've been farming for centuries, and it's changing. You know, like it's always changing. And um, so uh, my advice was I would assume so, but let me get a Tommy answer on that. So thank you for uh, for uh, jumping in on that. It's it's so good. I'm not even I'm not even playing. I don't know. You hear that? It's like ASMR. We're all like I'm relaxed now just because I got to hear that. Um, but I do I do want to stay on the topic of change though because I think that change really becomes something that you have to focus on at scale, right? Like, so I just I just um, left my position. Or got asked to leave or dropped out of my position. I don't know. I got laid off. Let's call it what call it is. A combination. Of yeah, all. yeah. So, but it was it was all COVID related. Um, but I was the senior director of business development at Heartland School Solutions, which is um, a huge provider of software to schools in the U.S. I think probably a third of all the U.S. schools in the U.S. are oh, represented. I didn't know it was that big. Oh yeah, built in the B's billions of dollars of revenue. Um, and a large portion of that revenue is from software related to school lunch and payment processing for school lunch. And because of COVID, all school lunches are free. Well, what happens when a large chunk of your revenue just disappears? Yeah. It just goes away. As a business, no one saw COVID coming. No one. Least of all, like, principals and software designers for schools like yeah. we're we're not even we were like six months ago we were talking about ticketing for events and all this other like really cool like before and after care and places we wanted to expand nobody expected our core business to overnight dry up that kind of change sometimes change happens to you yeah right so it was a forced pivot but it wasn't just a small incremental force pivot this are hundreds of people's jobs and billions of dollars of revenue and you know a publicly traded fortune 500 company that you know has shareholder responsibilities and has to make hard decisions and i I, you know and i'll say this like it was a hard like we they did everything they reduced pay they furloughed people like they are a great phenomenal company i would work for them again tomorrow i loved my leadership phenomenal they made hard decisions that i totally support um and I'm happy to be well taken care of in my exit. So they were, they were very gracious. But that change happened to them, right? And so, like, they didn't see that coming. But it, was, it wasn't a, oh, we should get a new logo, which we did recently and labored months over what we should call it and how we should change the name and what color should we use. And like, months and months and months of picking a small change. And now the entire paradigm of business for a huge billion-dollar unit is gone, just gone. That's a complete reinvention of everything. So that's like systematic change on a large level. And I think there are sort of things that you can do to manage through that, to like be able to like navigate that kind of change. Because you really don't have change 
I think unless you sort of manage these a couple of areas, and I and I I can't remember where I saw this, so I I I can't accurately reference, but drop it in the comments. I'm not trying to make this up as if it's my own. Um, if you know who said this, uh, please share and we'll credit them. But um, there are basically five different things that make up change. There's vision and skills. So that's the first two, right? So vision. Does everybody know why we're doing this? Does everybody understand it? Um, now that we've all agreed why we want to do it and that we need to do it, um, does ever, do we have all the skills necessary to pull off this change? Um, then there's incentives, which is the next thing. And so incentives are important because they um, are sort of that first proof that what we're doing is the right thing to do. We understand why we need to do it. We all agree that this is what we need to do. We all have the right skill sets, but what's going to be our gain? Why is it a good thing for us to make this change? Um, and then do we have adequate resources to put into this, right? Uh, do we have everything we need to make this really happen? And then if you've got all those four, then you sit down and create an action plan, right? And if you get an action plan to those four things, then you get change, mm-hmm. Like Change comes out. So you get vision, skills, um, incentives, resources, and an action plan. So that creates change. That's, that equals to me, that equals change if you get all those things. But most companies that you wouldn't you wouldn't look at like I think here we don't do that always very well, um, and so I think, um, and you've probably been in some of these environments where you get some some things, some in, some uh, results that you didn't intend as you were trying to get change. You want to change, but you probably so. Have you ever been in an environment where you got confusion? Yes. Like, so like you were working on it like as a group, as a whole organization, you were working on getting one result, but everybody was confused about it. Yep. Like, I, I'm sure, like, I'm not alone in this. I've been in that organization. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've probably caused it here. Um, yes. No. <laughs> that's funny. You're fired. Um, so I think anytime you're in an organization and you get confusion, you've got a lack of vision. Because the vision is supposed to explain to you why we're doing it. Right. And, and, and what we're going to do about it. Like, this is why we're doing it. This is what we're going to do about it is the action plan at the end. And so, but you've got to understand why. So anytime you get confusion, it's always, I think it's always a matter of like vision leaking, right? Um, Andy Stanley says that vision leaks that about every eight weeks, you have to recast the entire vision to everybody in the organization. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. That's ridiculous. Like every eight weeks, but that's, that's how crucial vision is because if you lose sight of the vision, then you create confusion and confusion is the like birthplace of all things bad. Um, it just is. And so, um, I think that's what you get when you don't have vision. Uh, another, environment so and you can jump in and tell stories you've got a lot of military stories i know we still live in the community for the last place that you worked so you might not want to tell all the stories but uh have you ever been in an environment at an organization where you had anxiety yes (laughs) yes Yes, obviously um so i think anxiety happens when there's a lack of confidence and skills like you may have vision but without the right skills Everybody knows that, like, you're not going to be able to pull this off. Yeah. Like, you know, like, including uh, you, including, including you. you. And it creates so much anxiety, man. Yeah. Like, so you can have vision and incentives and resources and uh, action plans and all that stuff. But if you don't have the skills, you're just becoming like, it's a weight. Yeah. 
you know, absolutely. It becomes a weight. Like, you know, if I were to say to you, like, Hey, I want you to produce a Netflix show next week and your job depends on it. You would, you wouldn't sleep. I would start shaking immediately. Yeah, you absolutely would. But it's because you don't have that skill set yet. Right. Um, And so that's, that would create anxiety for anyone to be asked to do something uh, in a in a very small amount of time to to shepherd change over time without the appropriate skill set it just creates anxiety and so when we start helping you know business leaders figure out what's going on in their environments I always like you know start asking like what is the over what if you if you had to give me one word for how the environment feels what would it be and then when they give me those words back if it's confusion it's probably a lack of vision if it's anxiety it's probably a lack of skills. And then the other thing that we get to a lot is resistance. Now I've been that guy. Like I've, I've, I'll just own it. I've been in organizations where my lead has come and said, Hey, uh, we want to do this new thing. Here's this new initiative. Here's this new change. Here's this new, uh, pivot. And I've pushed back. You've gotten resistance. You've gotten pushback. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I always feel like pushback is a lack of incentives. Like if you can make it worth my while, I'll do anything. Sure, yeah. But the moment I push back, it's really because I don't see what's in it from my department, yeah. my people that I lead, yeah. m- me personally, us as an organization, if I have ownership and I really believe in what we're doing, when I don't see the incentive, I'm going to always push back on your change no matter how little it is. I mean, if it's, hey, I just want to let everybody know we're changing out honey buns to granola bars in the break room, and there's this little change, and you're going to get someone that goes, why Why are we worried about what we're eating? Like, everybody seemed to be happy already, you know? But if I go in and I go, hey, guys, listen, we are deeply concerned about the overall health of our organization. And so in an in a effort to, you know, make a healthier environment where everybody feels nurtured, we're going to take away some of the like ancillary sweets because we want you to you know, quit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 well, I go, you were fired. <laughs> you can't quit. You're you already, can't, fi- you already can't fired. Fire me, you can't fire me. I quit. Um, but if you did that and you said, here's the upside, you know, and, but I do know that sweets are important. So every Friday I'm going to bring cupcakes in as a special treat, but by and large, we're going to have healthier snacks in the breaker. Well, then you, you don't give anybody room for pushback because you've sold them the incentive. Right, yeah. Right? Um, most leaders, because they don't lead, they pronounce. <laughs> you get pronouncements instead right. of leadership. Yeah. Um, or provocation sometimes, depending on how good the leader is. But because they're really sometimes despots or you know dictators instead of leaders, um, they make announcements and we're going to do this. And then right. they get pushed back all the time There's because no they just expect you to go follow without explaining incentive. Yeah. Um, and that may be an okay thing for you to expect as a boss, but it is not an okay thing for you to expect as a leader. And every day you get to choose, do I want to be a boss today or do I want to be a leader today? And you can be both and not be the other. You know, you can be one and not be the other. So every day I walk in, I'm the boss because I pay, I sign the paychecks. I don't, I don't do anything to be the boss. Being the boss takes zero effort. It takes some effort to get to be the boss. But once you're there, yeah. keeping that job is just a matter of like following the rules, really. 
and making sure everyone else follows the rules. But being a leader takes effort. It takes planning. It takes insight. It takes um, uh, courage and bravery to be um, a type of person that is candid and vulnerable enough for your people to to be there with them in their mm-hmm. in their pain um, and in their struggle and and provide them not only vision and not only uh, make sure they have the necessary skill sets and eliminate anxiety, but you have to be able to give them incentives. They have to know what's the upside. Um, and outside of that, you know, that's what, that's what takes away resistance. That's what takes away pushback. Um, and then I think the last, like the last two are fun for me because, um, you know, we've talked a lot about former employers and employee and being employees and McKinsey has as well. And, and drew and everybody here in the office. I think when you miss resources, you get frustration. Like we've talked about the fact that there's no, and we've talked about on here. I think, um, there's no worst frustrated place to be in the entire world than to know what to do and not be empowered. You know, it's that what is a leader, a a leader gives opportunity and empowerment empowerment. and empowerment is, um, do you know, do you know, empowerment, empowerment is authority and opportunity. I said it wrong while I go, um, authority and instruction. I didn't know what you were asking, what I knew. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I wouldn't have got that, but I didn't know what you were asking. So a leader gives empowerment and opportunity. And at LeadFast, we define empowerment as authority and instruction. And so to know what to do but not have authority, you haven't been empowered. Mm-hmm. And you get frustrated because there's an expectation because I told you what to do. Right. But I didn't empower you. I didn't give you the authority to go do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so not giving them resources, what, what they need, giving them the empowerment and giving them the tools necessary to go do the thing that you expect of them just creates frustration all the time. Right. Um, yes, it does. Yeah. Right. So like, so like for example, here in the office and I'll just use a a real life example between us, you know, uh, we use, we, if you've seen our, our flagship stuff, Daniel does, Daniel produces all that and does a phenomenal job with like, we, we use a service called film pack and we use all this B-roll and all this other stuff, and our subscription to that ran out. And Daniel, because he cares deeply about our bottom line and our business, was like, no, yeah, I think I can probably piece it together with these things. And I was like, no, just here's my card. Yeah, Go spend the, what is it, a couple hundred bucks a yeah, month. It's like 200 bucks, something like that. Yeah, $2,400 a year. Go spend this money right now because I want you to be resourced. I don't want frustration. I, I want right. you to have every, if Daniel comes to me, and says, hey, can I get a light? What's my first answer? Most of the time it's yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't ever ask, well, how much is the light? I don't, Daniel you, usually brings never, all. You've never asked that. You, I mean, if anything, you're like, where, where are we putting it? You know, like you're just probably excited to know where it's going to go. Yeah. I, I know that if you're asking me, it's a resource that you need. Yeah. And I don't say no to needed resources. Right. I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. If I had to buy you the light out of my pocket, I would figure out how to get you the resources because I know for me to get your best work, I have to do it without frustration. Right. Um, now there are, I've had to say, wait. And because we had other products, but it was only because like, Oh, I know I'm going to shift. I know I'm going to change. And this thing that he wants this for is not going to be a priority right. in 10 minutes. And so, oh, so we're going to so have 10 new lights next episode. <laughs> 10 brand new bananas. We have a, we have a neon banana <laughs> brand in the background. New bananas. 10 brand new bananas in the background. Like We're going to have banana. a bunch of bananas. <laughs> we, get, we have a lot of, they can't see all of them. We have a lot of lights, like a lot of cool new lights. 
You check out my Instagram. But the banana is my favorite one so far. Yeah, well, me too. Th- this one, the banana, that one. Um, where were we? What were we talking? We were talking resources. Resources, yeah. yeah. So resources always awesome. create frustration. But here's the last one, and this is we. This is where Leadfast falls on its face more than anything else. Is that if you have all those things, right? If you have vision and skills and incentives and resources, but don't have an action plan, what you create is false starts. You get going really fast and then everybody goes everywhere and no one goes anywhere. Mm -hmm. It's the old Chinese proverb, right? Man who goes everywhere goes nowhere. Um, Also, man who stands on toilet is high on pot. That's the other (laughs) Chinese proverb that I know. I know too. The first one's better. Uh, the a man who goes everywhere goes nowhere. And that's it's true about your teams, too. So if you have all those things, all those prerequisites, but don't have an action plan, you're not moving together. Yeah. Then everybody goes everywhere and the vision goes nowhere because the vision is carried sort of unilaterally on everyone's shoulders. Right. Um, and it can only make the progress that you make cumulative. And so. If you look at it as like the vision starts here, well, if all of us go together, then the vision's on our shoulders. But everybody goes out, then the vision sits still because it it can only go the cumulative distance of everyone else. And if you're going this way and I'm going that way, then it zeroes out. So that's how vision transports itself. Um, And so you have to be able to go the same direction, and that requires an action plan. I, I'm really bad at, at I'm, so I'm very polarizing in the change management because um, I'm very, very weighted to the vision side of things. And I'm very, very not weighted to the action plan side of things. But that's why we have McKinsey. Because, and, and I just, I mean, literally, guys, just this morning, um, spent two hours with McKinsey um, sitting next to her going, okay, listen, I need you to understand some things. And the first thing is that you're in charge. Um, I don't want to be in charge. I'm not in charge of getting things done because if I'm in charge of getting things done, nothing gets done. And, and had a very hard talk with my co-founder yesterday. We're driving out to the property where our, our, our retreat center is going to be. And Andrew goes, Hey, listen, so talk to me about lead fast where we're at because there's too much vision. It's like you are, you are a year, some days, five years, some days, 10 years out, most days. And you're telling everybody where we're going and that's great. And we will be all those things one day, but you're not telling them what we are today and what we need to be tomorrow. And that's where we're falling down. And I just had to like gulp real big. And by the way, mine and Andrew's relationship should scare most people because he, speaks so bluntly to me a big jerk face um no actually it's great uh, he's the only person that talks to me like that in the world and i need it but for more people um but he like legitimately was like you've got to slow down you've got to you've got to give less vision and we've got to get to more execution or we're never going to see your vision um wow yeah and it was great and I I did the one step of execution that I have to do, which is let go of the reins and gave them to someone else and said, it's your job. And so, yikes. Yeah. (laughs) She's over there with her headphones in so she can't hear us. But like legitimately, that's what we had to do this morning was say, all right, 
let's recap what we've talked about in the last week. How much of this is still valid? All right, now go forward mm-hmm. and you make it happen. And I don't want to hear about it unless you have questions because I'm going to be over here trying to figure out how to make my life happen. Right. Um, and that is going to be the best thing for us because it's going to help us as a group better manage the evolution of lead fast and what it's becoming. Um, and so that's, that I hope is super helpful for, uh, and you have talked hardly any, I feel like I've talked for 30 minutes solid. Um, 32, actually 32, 31. There we go. Um, but I think those are like, those are the things. If you want change, then you've got to have vision skills, incentives, resources, and an action plan. If you want change, you gotta have all five things. Um, Outside of that, you're going to get confusion, anxiety, pushback, or you know, uh, resistance, frustration, and false starts. Those are the things you're going to get outside of those things. But, man, if you can get all five of those things together, then it becomes really, really powerful. And your organization seems to just, like, clip along. Yeah. And nothing – like, there's those organizations where nothing stops <clears throat> it. Like Apple in the early 2000s when iPhone first came out. And it was like, who is ever going to stop this company? Yeah. And their stock part prices were tripling every month or every two months. And everything was going crazy. And I was like, who is going to stop this company? No one ever. And then the hurdle, the the first time Apple saw a hurdle was when the the figurehead of vision left, died, when Steve Jobs passed away. And they had to hand the mantle of vision over to someone else who wasn't Steve Jobs, who could probably carry on with his vision. But, I mean... Looking at what they've done, it does not seem to me as an outsider that Tim Cook has his own vision for Mm -hmm. Apple. He seems like he has been put there as a caretaker of the vision of Apple that Steve Jobs had, right? And so Apple was still living with the ghost of Steve Jobs' vision rather than having someone who has a vision for the future. And if if you don't have a vision for the future, you can't manage a ghost. Um, By nature, they'll go through walls. Like you can't, you can't put your hands on them. They're too ethereal. Like they're too up to subjection. They're yeah. too up to conversation. They're too, no, you've got to have a concrete vision. Um, and when they lost vision, it seems like there was some confusion. Yeah. What are we going to do next? Cause they had, I mean, you can only get cameras on a phone so good. Right. I mean, we're going to be seeing the moon and sending messages to Martians pretty soon. The whole back iPhone. of the phone is going to be just covering cameras. Yeah. It's going to be, there's going to be 27 cameras on the back of an iPhone and it still won't make good calls like that. But that's the innovation right now, right? Yeah. It's So, like, their innovation went from giant leaps to stair steps to inchworming it. Mm-hmm. And that's the innovation. Um, and, they, I mean, and they're great. I still have a lot of stock in Apple. So yeah, <laughs> me too. They're a great, they're a great company um, as far as business goes. But they've, they've really lost. I mean, if we're being candid and honest they've really lost a sense of direction and identity when jobs passed because they lost their vision you think they'll pick it back up i think they need a jobs-esque leader they not need, tim cook but somebody to come, yeah, yeah. yeah and tim cook's maybe amazing i don't i don't know tim cook from adam right and so i've never had an opportunity to meet him and i don't i've never you know tim call me i mean tommy at leaf Co. let's make this happen um <laughs> He seems like a phenomenal human being. He does a lot for a lot of communities in need, and I, I would love to meet him. But 
he's not the figurehead everybody can rally around one vocal vision guy. He's not. He's not the sales pitch guy, right? Um, and Apple, by and large, is a company that run or has ran historically on vision. It was gasoline for them, right? And the loud, sometimes abrasive, brash Steve Jobs type of vision that says we're going to go change the world and if we die doing it, fine. And if you die doing it, fine. Yeah. <laughs> if I kill you to change the world, that's fine. We're not. We're, no one is. No one is secondary to the vision. No one is above the vision. And so, I don't know. I, I think that that's a great example, though, of a uh, a major company that did not navigate a sea change very well because they didn't replace vision with vision, and they got confusion. Um, but you can do all of it. We like and. I'll just say, I don't know which camera I'm looking at right now. Look at the top one. You can fix it and edit. This is why we do what we do at LeadFast. It's why we believe so strongly in the local entrepreneur and, and, and leaders in general. It's why we put so much emphasis in what we do, because we believe that you um, have to change, not should change, but have to change. Like if you're not changing, you're dying. We believe that for you to be successful, you have to change. And, the magnitude of scale there may be huge. You may have to rewrite the entire business, you know, overnight. You might have to figure out, it, it might not be just get one more employee. It might be like, oh, I need to fire everyone and start over, mm-hmm. or I need to take my online business into brick and mortar or my brick and mortar business into online only. And like, you might have to shut things down and deal with the pain of losing uh, what you thought something was going to look like. I mean, listen, one, I've been there. I've shut businesses down that I thought were going to be super, super wildly successful. I get it. There are very few things uh, that you are facing in business that uh, even COVID that I haven't lived through, navigated through with a team and probably have some insight on. I'm very fortunate to be connected to some very amazing people. So if I don't know it, I'll go find the answer because I want to know it because it's likely that I'm going to face it as well. Mm-hmm. But it's why LeadFast exists. It's why you can get our content for next to nothing. It's why we spend so much time connecting personally with entrepreneurs that write in and call in. It's why we spend thousands of dollars traveling the nation to meet with um, professionals on their level, like being able to find out how to how do you rise through the ranks of a giant corporate company like Procter and Gamble? How do you go from being an undrafted free agent to a business coach? How do you uh, go from being a kid from Bamberg, South Carolina, to the starting pitcher for the Red Sox? How do you like all these? You know the professional mindset. It's the reason we put so much effort into bringing you content that we think will matter and impact your life because we believe in you. Um, and it's it's the whole point of this podcast. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we love doing it, too. It's fun to do it. Yeah, man. And we have been talking for a long time. We sure have. Let's hit the magic button. Let's hit it. All right, guys. That's going to wrap it up. Don't forget to check us out at Instagram, on Instagram, at LeadFastCo. How do you get into Instagram? I don't know. Is there a door? <laughs> Should I knock? Is there a secret knock? Actually, I don't know anything about Instagram anymore. I Don't ask me. I'm not the expert. Uh, I've been shadow banned. But our Instagram is at LeadFastCo. And check out our website, leadfesco.com. we got lots of great resources, lots of really cool stuff there. And uh, we'll see you guys next time.